A quick note before you dive into today's episode. While I will always be an advocate for multi-passionates embracing their talents as a gift, not a burden, I have decided that I'm no longer going to run a business with that as the goal. Please note that as you listen to any episodes, any of the offers that I have expressed, especially my coaching program, which I've talked about in many episodes, those are no longer relevant as my business is closing. If you'd like to stay connected, come and find me on LinkedIn. The link will be added across the show notes in all episodes. Be well. This is a pretty big mistake to make because it makes being multi-passionate feel like something that is a high pressure situation because you start to feel like you have to come up with a way to get everything done at the same time. And really, that's not a badge of honor to wear as a multi-passionate. Welcome to the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast, the podcast where creatives come to embrace their talents as a gift, not a burden. I'm your host, Deanna Joy. Together, we'll explore how to finally make friends with focus, ditching overwhelm and idea fatigue once and for all, and how to be unapologetic about who you are as a multi-passionate. But I'm not just going to pump you up with a bunch of empowerment content. I'm going to give you tools and practices that you can implement starting today. It's time to unlock your multi-passionate mastery. Let's begin. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today we're talking about three mistakes I made that stopped me from having clear priorities as a multi-passionate. And I want to preface this by saying that these are probably mistakes that you're going to identify with, and they're also part of the reason why I knew I had to develop a different way of approaching things like creating clear priorities as someone who is always going to have a lot of ideas and a lot of different things that I want to act on. And the solution to these mistakes, that's waiting for you inside of my free training that I'll link to down in the show notes. So After you listen to this episode, that's going to be your very next step. You're going to want to click the link in the show notes and check out my 45-minute free training. It's called How to Bring Your Ideas to Life on a Completely Stress-Free Timeline. But for now, let's talk about these three mistakes that I made that stopped me from having clear priorities as a multi-passionate. The first mistake that I made was feeling like all the great ideas that I had needed to be acted upon right away or they were going to disappear. I think that part of the reason I made this mistake of just feeling this intense pressure to act on everything immediately was because I had this underlying fear that I was going to lose interest or something else was going to come and distract me or that someone else was going to take my idea and do it before I could. So I was kind of operating out of scarcity and fear, really. And so I'd be like, okay, well, let me just see how much of this I can do it once instead of pacing myself and rolling things out over time, I would try to act on everything at once. Now, what would happen when I did that was I would become so overwhelmed that I would look up and realize nothing's actually gaining any momentum because I was spread too thin. This is a really common mistake that a lot of multi-passionates make because we have a genuine desire to share our work. The difference between a multi-passionate person and someone who maybe just has a lot of interest, a multi-passionate person has this desire to get their work out. 
They want to share their work. Someone who has a lot of interest, who's maybe a hobbyist, they might be more comfortable creating work that they never share or just indulging in the activity for their own pleasure. But most multi-passionates that I know want to share their work on some level. And that was me. I mean, it's still me, but now I have a process for creating clear priorities, which has saved me from making this mistake over and over. But for a long time, this is what I was doing. I would get an idea and then another and then another, and I would feel like everything had to be acted upon or it was just gonna disappear somehow. It would get taken from me or I would lose interest and it would never happen. This is a pretty big mistake to make because it makes being multi-passionate feel like something that is a high pressure situation because you start to feel like you have to come up with a way to get everything done at the same time. And really, that's not a badge of honor to wear as a multi-passionate. You know, I've talked about this a few times on the show, but being multi-passionate is a noun, not a verb. It's who you are. It's not how much you can do at once, right? It's not necessarily about the actions that you take. It's about the energy that you're bringing to the actions that you are taking. So eventually I learned how to create clear priorities and how to pace myself and how to roll things out in a way that was fun and enjoyable for me. And I was able to let go of the fear that all my ideas were going to somehow disappear if I didn't act on them right away. If you want to know more about the solution I created, definitely check out that free training that's linked down in the show notes. The second mistake that I made, it's kind of a funny one, but I know that a lot of you relate to this. So (laughs) the second mistake that I would make is anytime I wanted to get my priorities in order, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get it together. I'm no longer going to be spread so thin. I'm tired of feeling burnt out. I'm going to start focusing more. I'm going to create priorities. The first thing I would do is go buy a new planner. (laughs) And I would be like, okay, I got my planner. I got my stickers. I got my highlighters. I got my washi tape. And I just thought that the layout of the planner would magically create priorities for me. I thought that if I had a planner to put everything in, then I would have priorities. But it turns out planners and even project management software they don't magically create priorities for you. It would be cool if they did, but they don't. So what would happen is I would get a new planner and I would start writing everything down. And sometimes I'd be more confused than when I started because I would be writing things down, but everything would be overlapping. Everything still felt urgent. It was just now color-coded and with stickers. <laughs> it's funny, It's but it's true. It's funny because it's true. Eventually I had to say, okay, I love a good planner. I love a new planner as much as the next person. But if I don't know for myself internally what is a priority, I really can't use a planner to its fullest abilities. Now, I'm not saying that you can't grab a sheet of paper, do a brain dump, like get your thoughts out, journal, write things down. But when it comes to planning and using a planner or even using like a project management software, If you don't know what you're focusing on and what's a priority first, those things just do not help. So eventually I was like, okay, I'm no longer going to outsource my ability to create priorities to planners. I'm going to learn how I can do this for myself in a way that's simple and repeatable. If you're making this mistake, if you keep buying new planners every time you want to like get your life together, 
then definitely check out my training because it's much, much more helpful to have a process that you've internalized where you can say, okay, I know what to start with first because it's going to make everything else that I do after easier and more enjoyable for me. If you can answer that question, then you're able to prioritize. And then when you get your planner, you can use it as it's meant to be used to help you focus on what you're currently prioritizing. If you've made that mistake, don't worry, I'm right there with you. But before you buy another planner, focus on creating clear priorities first. The third mistake that I made, and sometimes I still do this. So I don't want you to think that I am on a pedestal and that I never kind of dip back into these patterns, but I take my own medicine and I follow my own advice and it really helps. So Here's something that I have done and that I still grapple with from time to time. I would choose something to prioritize, but as I was in the process of creating it or sharing it or getting it out into the world or building the thing, I would be second guessing myself so often that I would eventually just give up and start something else. And I think the reason that this is such a common mistake for multi-passionates like myself and like you is because, okay, so you know how when you start a project, you're so excited because it feels like the possibilities are endless. You're lit up. All your energy is with you, right? Then as you get into it, you might start hitting a roadblock here or there. The imposter syndrome comes up. Maybe you're having to troubleshoot and problem solve. That shiny new excitement can kind of start to dissipate, right? And as that's happening, you have all these other ideas that you haven't tapped into yet. So in your mind, there's no problems to be solved when it comes to those ideas. So they start looking really good and really attractive. They're saying, hey, I see you're struggling over there or, you know, you're second guessing yourself with that thing that you're working on. Why don't you come and work with me instead? Here's an example of how this showed up for me. When I was first creating this podcast, I knew that I wanted to make it a priority, but it was really strange for me to be recording episodes and getting ready for the podcast to launch before anyone had heard it. And it kind of made me feel like, how do I know that this is going to be any good? How do I know that people are going to like this? I would be really stuck on that. And so I would start second guessing myself. Now, I had a course that I wanted to create all about project management for multi-passionates. And that felt like, oh, I can put it on pre-sale. I can garner interest right away. I can sell it to my email list. And I started to feel really attracted to that idea. And you know what I did? I put my podcast project on pause and I went and launched a whole course. (laughs) instead. Now it's fine, right? It's totally fine. You know, the course sold well and it was really helpful for a lot of people. But the reason I let myself change course was because I wasn't feeling fully confident about the process I was in the middle of with the podcast. I was in a place where I was creating content. No one was hearing it. I didn't have any feedback. I wasn't sure how it would land. So it kind of felt like Why am I doing all of this? And what I learned from that was that when we are in the midst of problem solving or just feeling kind of uncomfortable with what we're working on, that's when our other ideas look the most attractive to us. But when you go for the next idea, 
you are going to ultimately still have to problem solve. So it's kind of a fallacy. It seems like that idea is going to rescue you from the struggle that you're currently in, but it doesn't always work out that way. So now I'm much more mindful about when this comes up. I realize if I focus on momentum and tracking my progress and celebrating every single small step, that can keep me immersed in the project itself. And something that I always tell my coaching clients inside of my program, Prioritize and Thrive, is that committing to a project as a multi-passionate person is something that is going to need to happen more than once. So it's important to make that a repeatable process. So those are the two things that I did. I started really focusing on gaining momentum and I committed to my projects over and over and over. I would, in the beginning of the week, have my intensive focus session and recommit. I would put a post-it on my desk that reminded me what I was focusing on. I would visualize the end result. I would tell family and friends that I was working on this thing so that I had a little bit of accountability. Those are some things that you can try too if you find that you make a decision to prioritize but then you second guess yourself so often that you eventually give up and start something else. And like I mentioned for the other two mistakes that I made, the solution for this is something that has not only helped me but that will also help you and you can find more information about the method I created to help you get past all three of these mistakes in the free training at the link in my show notes. Let's do a quick recap of these three mistakes that I made that stopped me from having clear priorities as a multi-passionate so that you don't make the same mistakes, okay? The first one was that my brain was constantly flooding with ideas and I felt this intense urgency. I was genuinely afraid that if I did not act on all of them, they would disappear. The second mistake I made was thinking that if I just found the right planner or was using the right project management software, I would magically have clear priorities. Turns out it doesn't work that way. You need to have an internal process for creating your priorities first and then use the planner or the software. The third mistake was that I would choose something to prioritize but second guess myself so often that I eventually just gave up and started something else because it looked more attractive. If you can relate to any of those three mistakes, your next step is to click the link in the show notes and check out my 45 minute training where I go in more depth about what to do about all of this. You're gonna learn my priority mapping method and it's gonna change your whole life. So make sure you click that link in the show notes and I'll see you over there. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Multi-Passionate Mastery Podcast. If you received anything valuable from this episode, send it to a friend. I know you've got some creative people in your life who need to hear this. Also, please take a moment to pop over to iTunes and leave a review. Even sharing one sentence about how you feel about this podcast can help us reach the hearts and ears of more multi-passionates. If you're not exactly sure how to leave a review, I've left some instructions for you down in the show notes. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode.